This is Mike Madrid. And this is Gregory Rodriguez. We're your hosts for Americanata, where we'll be exploring the intersection of race, class, culture, and politics during a time of extraordinary change. We'll be thinking out loud and processing what's on our minds as we go, unfiltered. And we're looking forward to you joining us for this discussion as we explore how we got to this tumultuous moment in the United States. Gregory, hey, uh, welcome back to you and Thank the you. listeners. Uh, it's a little bit peculiar for me to be outside of the United States having this conversation, you being back in the United States having this conversation. But I wanted to explore with you some of a recent um, uh, developments or kerfuffle, uh, recent kerfuffle that has <laughs> taken place in a in pop culture and that is this kind of Meghan Markle um interview with Oprah Winfrey right the 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 referee of all things popular culture um and this really I think peculiar dynamic that um we handled I think kind of cosmetically the way we often do as as um people now Americans maybe more specifically than others but there's some really significant undercurrents to what was happening with this discussion and obviously of course race is central to all of it so what do you make of it? I mean, I know you think uh, brilliantly, strategically, politically. Uh, was it a knockout punch, Mike? I don't think this, as long as Queen Elizabeth is alive, there aren't going to be any knockout punches. I think she might be the last vestige of the of the monarchy, though, which, I, I you know, God bless her. I mean, she's weathered some serious storms. She's certainly going to weather the Meghan Markle, you know, um, issue. I mean, she, you know. She was there so, when, 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 when you know the the Battle of Britain. <laughs> this is this is this is much less consequence. So if you were advising her, if you get a call from Buckingham Palace uh, right after this, and they say, "Mike, we want to hire you," uh, what strategy would you suggest they 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 adhere to? Well, the good the good part is they actually do listen to the Americanata podcast in Buckingham <laughs> Palace, so there's a good chance that the Queen does call. And when she does, I think what I'm going to say is um, what I would advise any client in a crisis, which is you be as full and transparent as you possibly can, right? You acknowledge, of course, that uh, racism is a real thing and in different ways it afflicts and affects every family. And we're going to, we're going to do everything we can to address some of these issues in a um, changing climate. And I, I, look, I think, I think, I think people are forgiving too, but I, there's just so much, a lot of this is about Diana still, right? This Diana residue. A lot of this is about, um, I, I literally, I do believe this is about attacking whiteness in its most crystallized form. Ceremonial form. Yeah, but that's what, what the hell else is there if it's not pomp and yeah. circumstance yeah, and ceremony? I, I mean, I don't, I, I, gotta, I, I gotta step in and say, I don't give it, I don't give a rat's behind about the royal family on any level uh i find uh, i find this interesting that we've now begun to talk about how oppressed members of royal families are <laughs> and i think it's it's perverse yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, what did she expect? She married some, she married people in a freaking, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, 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 so number one, so my, my take on it is that, you know, this is famous uh, essay by the late New York Senator, Daniel Patrick Moynihan and, in the early nineties in which he talked about defining deviancy down that, that, and he basically meant that certain bad actions, if you will, 
uh, were being allowed uh, into our consciousness as normal. That that somehow that 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 we were allowing things uh, that were, were were bad for people and treating them as normal. So I think what's going on is that we are defining oppression up. That we are now defining like we we have now identified oppression and the level of princesses. And fine, because our, our dialogue of liberation, one must liberate from someone or something, and some must be, you know, so, so I, it, it, it's part of our, and the, whole, the whole notion of the United States is to break from oppression. And so we've reached a point where people are, so many people are comfortable enough. And, you know, by the way, Francis Fukuyama actually predicted this at the end of the last, the, the end of history. He basically said, people can get comfortable enough. People can get struck, can be, have moved beyond struggle enough to actually miss it. They can actually begin to, what is life without struggle? What meaning does one derive in a life that doesn't have an enemy, doesn't have uh, hurdles, doesn't have, it? What, what would movies be like, dude? What, what would act two be in any movie if there weren't a hurdle to be gotten over? So on some level, it's, it's, it's boredom that's being placated among certain upper middle class people. And two, it's the, I believe the professional class in this country has hijacked the language of oppression. So we really never talk about the most oppressed people who are genuinely oppressed mm -hmm. uh, when we talk about uh, 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 minorities in this country. Um, and now we've reached a point of ad absurdum of literally talking about a multimillionaire who lives in Montecito as the one who was oppressed. So there's a level of, I, I think you said it really, it, the way you said it was sort of lovely, right? This is this is something that exists and they should acknowledge it and it, it exists at all levels of society, true. But should that be our focus? Its effects on a princess? And does that actually take us away from people who suffer significantly more on a daily basis? Uh, yeah, there's something weird about it, dude. I'm... I, I'm uh, I'm uncomfortable with the whole spectacle. I think it's getting worse. I yeah. Do we need an oppression scale now? I mean, like, is there an is there an objective way to measure this? You bring up a great point. You're exactly right. It is ludicrous, especially when you put it in those terms. It's, 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 it's embarrassing to even talk about. Yeah, the oppression of Meghan Markle, right? Like, it's symbolic of something very significant, but. Is, is 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 ameliorating her concerns and rectifying the racism that she experienced at Buckingham Palace going to change what it means for the vast majority of people actually dealing with structural racism? Of course it's not. Of course, of course it's, it's not. not. Of course it's but, not. But so what does that mean, right? So where does that go? Like, how do we address that? Because that's probably the only way we're able or capable of doing it at this moment in time. Because to, to do anything beyond that is like real work. And I, we're not having any of that. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean we, who's, who's going to do that? Who's signing up for the real work? Well, I mean, even, even when you say that, the, I mean, I, I kind of love Oprah. I've, I've been to her, that town, uh, I think it had been a uh, uh, Mississippi where she was born. Um, but if, even the fact that you call her the arbiter in a sense, the referee, which is sort of, it's beautiful in its way, but it's popular culture. Popular culture is popular culture. And I, that's where things can get magnified. That's where quote unquote representation matters. Mm -hmm. uh, but how much does it matter? How much is talking about the luckiest people in society who happen to be some of the luckiest people in the world? How, does it? That's trickle down oppression, dude. That's trickle down <laughs> social uh, reform. Yeah. And I don't think, 
I don't think it helps anything. Actually, I think it's a distraction, and we actually believe ourselves. I, a friend of mine was going through some something at work recently and, and texted me that that, that um, a jokingly a fake uh, Nelson Mandela quote and it was quote this is fake by the way just wonder it's a fake is that there is no there are no more oppressed people than American graduates of liberal arts colleges period and so but this and is giving it to Nelson Mandela to say <laughs> yes yeah, that's a, a fake quote I'm trying to get started just my, the other favorite is uh, don't believe everything you uh, read on the internet, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. So yeah. Th there is this, um, we're obsessed with it, understood. It gives our lives meaning. It's our national story. The national story is beginning again, having, you know, thrown off oppression. Um, and now we've got to the end of the continent, uh, oppress, but, you know, by virtue of oppressing all sorts of other people uh, in, in uh, through land and lives. Um, and American, particularly white Americans, I think are, are attracted to all sort, sorts of new identities as a way to find themselves in minority situations that give them texture, give them, give their lives a narrative. That well, look, there, there's an anti-Megan Markle movement too, right? Which I, in my mind, and again, I don't want to play into the theater that you're talking about, but, but here I go. Um, you know, What's to be anti about? Well, that, that's why, that was exactly what I was going to say. Like, like, how dare she, right? Like, She's here's Morgan. American. Here's Morgan, who's going to come out and, and flamingly defend the the monarchy because how dare she? The attack immediately turns on Meghan Markle, and it's and, and it becomes like everything, man. I mean, the, what the what the hell is not? Do we not take a side on now, right? Whether it's football or whether it's a pandemic or whether what, everything, like everything, you've got to take. There's got to be a side to everything. We can't See, just have a, a discussion. Say, oh, that's interesting. What does that mean? Right, right. Hey, if there I have to take a battle side, over it, after, if I have to take a side in the end, I'll take Meghan Markle's. Well, one, yeah. she's from Los Angeles. Two, she's you know, it's a family fight. Like everything else in this country, it's a fight that clothes itself in issues of justice. But it's really just a nasty, you know, bitter uh, back and forth. But mm -hmm. then it'll be you give it to a reporter and it becomes a fight for justice or the liberation from oppression. But, you know, they, they attacked her first. Right. They, they made some dumb accusation. And she bam, she uh, she hit him hard. But in the end, it's it's bread and circuses. In the end, it's a distraction. In the end, we're we're wasting 27 minutes today talking about it. <laughs> scale of one to 10 on the, on the new Gregory Rodriguez oppression scale. How oppressed is Megan? It's Markle? not, dude, I did, I did not author that. I, I take no credit for that. Uh, the American Nazi. Can we call it the American Nazi oppression <laughs> yeah, scale? Yeah, at least you get half of it. Um, okay. Dude, I don't care. I, <laughs> life is hard, man. Life is hard for, I, I, again, I really like what you said. The, the racism exists at all levels and affects people in different ways. And that's a beautifully said. However, at what point do your feelings of a relatively fortunate person, I mean, in her case, a very fortunate person, at what point are they reflective of anybody who, who has no money and no power and no visibility at all? So I, I don't know. I think it's the wrong conversation. I think there should be... Um, the one thing that's coming out of the pandemic, I, I think I hear, is that the the Instagram life of the good life, the portrayal of good life, apparently has become uh, verboten. That people don't like. Like, remember that David Geffen post in his Instagram? Yeah. yeah. I think it even annoyed you. 
it not only did it annoy me, but there was a big movement amongst celebrities not to post uh, pictures of their life in the early stages of the pandemic. It became like a big, a big thing. It was an right? insult because people didn't want to see people quarantining on yachts or these big mega estates. It was like life is kind of shitty. We're going, we're learning these new habits of how we're going to have to live and for some un, un, you know, foreseen amount of time. And you know, Geffen's like. Hey man, I'm in the Mediterranean. It kind of sucks because it's a couple degrees off of its normal mean today. And I'm going to have to go like into the third dining room galley as opposed <laughs> to sunning myself up top. Right. Like that's, right. he's suffering. That's like, right. that, that's, that's, we, I don't know where that fits on the American not oppression scale too, but it's something we need we to examine at some <laughs> right. point. But yeah, that, that became a big problem. It became a real thing. It was a thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know if that era is over. Like the, uh, uh, the Charlie's Angel sheets from Walmart's or whatever they're, you know, like, I, I don't know if the attachment to a, a luxury personal brand has now, has that come to an end with the pandemic? But so we did that then, I guess, first, we identify luxury and the good life with a human, like a celebrity. And now I think we've gotten to the point where we now identify uh, oppression uh, through the the, the famous, uh, the, the wealthy and the famous. I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe it's all healthy. Maybe I just don't get it. Maybe it's just we 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 watch the. It's like watching a play, right? And 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 Oprah is the the Greek chorus that maybe yeah, no. I mean, come on, it's not healthy, life. right? It's it's a question of how how. I the it's it's not healthy. It's not good to be saying that you know, turning celebrity into, into victimhood, right. And allowing celebrities and people of extraordinary wealth and privilege to now start claiming oppression. That's not, that's not good. My bigger worry though, is it does it when it gets to that level in the culture, where does it end? Like, where does it stop? Like, are we, are we, where does, where does the, um, where does the oppression scale end? When does that know. quit I mean, being a tactic? You know, again, if the pandemic didn't change it, I, I, I think, you know, life is not linear, you know, progress is not assured and there will be rough times in the United States again. Um, there are rough times right now for many people. So I think tastes change and, and presumably there will be a time. Uh, I think the, the Bernie surge, the, the pro Bernie surge reflected some desire on the part of millions of Americans that they're tired of the oligarchy. They're tired of, uh, you know, I mean, was it okay for a Cuomo to interview a, a Governor Cuomo on CNN? It's just, this is good. The country's oligarchical and how many children of stars, how many children of uh, s s pop artists or actors or, or the children of, of, of you know, I, I was offended when George W. ran for president. So th there's got to be, you know, I don't know. There's, I, I mean, if we can get a, a left uh, shorn of some of its, uh, the excesses of its, uh, its excesses, I'll leave it at that, that is about uh, focusing on fairness for real people focusing on wages, focusing on dignity for real people, not just for college students, um, it would matter. I think that could change. So that, that, where does it end? I think it's going to have to end with a movement that's tired of people becoming president and leaving super wealthy.
And that's what we have. The Clintons went in, came out super wealthy. The Obamas went in, came out super wealthy. That our presidents, however humble they begin, leave and they become, they're part of the elite when they leave. It's just, this is what my grandmother told me what Mexico was like. And they obviously get their monies in different ways. But it's just that there is, um, there is this, uh, there's kind of a grotesque uh, uh, oligarchical veneer to this culture that we've just allowed to happen. So there's a lot to this, a couple of points. The first is, you know, my grandmother used to say it a little bit differently about Mexico. She'd say the politicians in Mexico get rich while they're in office. The American politicians wait till after they leave office to right. get rich. Right. That's right. the only differentiation. Yeah. Um, and the, 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 the second point um, I think is, is, you know, we think of oligarchy as kind of being just a handful of billionaires running everything. It's really, I think, in many ways, there's kind of an argument against elitism, right? Um, and I'll, it's not just an oligarchy. It's not just the fabulously wealthy. It's the it's the influential. It's right. the um, and and that has historically worked, right? That's not new in American society either. But there were these these notions of an obligation that elites had to everybody else to make it work. It's almost like it was an investments decision, like don't glean the fields here, folks. Keep the soil tilled and keep growing with healthy seeds. And as long as there's a healthy growing middle class and there's at least the veneer of upward mobility. And the idea and the belief that tomorrow will be better for you than it was for your kids, you can be as rich as you want. And we're not going to hate you. We're not going to resent you. We're not going to despise you. Now we have this kind of this sense of this, the, the death of noblesse oblige, right? This, this moral isolation of the rich where the wealthy don't, their children don't serve in the military anymore. They backdoor their way into universities. They, um, and even bad universities. Even bad universities, because it's more, yeah, whatever. And it's, 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 it's everything is, it's a racket, right? As Bernie Sanders would say, the system is rigged. The entire damn system is rigged and we all know it. And it's, you know, a handful of people pulling whatever strings and levers of power they can to get in for their own benefits. The idea of this commitment to this country, because it allows us to be rich is gone. Now it's just like, Rome is burning. Grab those candelabras, roll yeah. up that carpet, and let's run for the hills. Let everybody else die and burn with it. But man, we're going to go live in New Zealand by ourselves, where there's no, you know, <laughs> we can afford to fly there in our private jet and and just be removed from all of this. Like that's a all very right. different consideration. It's a very different mindset of the elites in this country. And I think that's a big part of the pushback that we've been experiencing for the past few years. Yeah, and, and, and as you're, so you're talking about this, we've, we neglected to mention the biggest victim of them all, the billionaire, or the, 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 whatever he is, millionaire, Donald Trump. Yeah. The biggest, the most powerful man in the world was a victim. Mm -hmm. It was extraordinary. And, uh, you know, and he said straight out, I was, uh, you didn't pay taxes, sir? No, yeah, I, what, I'm smart. So again, this this notion, uh, not only not having noblesse oblige, uh, not even having the sense that he had to pay into the central pot, that somehow that you the racket that he was smart enough to avoid it. So, absolutely well put. I mean, things like the the, the Republicans against the estate tax is part part of the notion, presumably, of the estate tax, is to keep this country from becoming oligarchical, right? Part part yeah. of the part of the, so so yeah, I'm 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 all for, uh, you know, God bless Bernie Sanders, but he's probably not of the age to do it but if there were uh, a, a character 
with an economic, uh, sort of an economic populist, if you will, I think that could begin to address some of this, uh, some of what we have, the, the, as you put it, the death of noblesse oblige, the death of the sense of responsibility. A commitment, yeah, a commi an obligation to our own country amongst the elites. It's particularly acute, I think, amongst the wealthy, but because elites often become wealthy, uh, you know, if you had a college professor who once said, you know, there, in this country, it, there's, there's fame, there's fortune, and then there's um, influence. And if you have any two of those, we'll give you the third, right? So there's not a lot of people who are, who are famous and influential who are not also rich, I guess is my mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And I bring that up because it, what we're witnessing, the rise of populism is really a failure of elitism. It's, it's the consolidation of an oligarchy. And I don't think oligarchy is the right word, although it's somewhat apt, but it's, it's the oligarchy is not serving the interests of the middle class. And that's the great irony is if it's just fed the middle class enough to be happy and to have some growth, what you would see, it's a good business decision, not just a good moral decision, it's good business and the failure of, of the elites and the oligarchy and the influencers to do that, um, I think, is, 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 is very much correlate to the rise of populism on both the right and the left. Absolutely. The system, the system is not, it does not appear to be working for a person without, uh, what did you call it, fame, uh, fortune, or influence. So presumably, Mike, not all forms of populism are negative or, or damaging. <clears throat> so... Um, if there are constructive ways to acknowledge the pain across working America or poor America, um, that, 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 that could be an answer to, I think, the excesses of the, you know, for better or for worse, the Kim Kardashian era. Uh, not to blame it on the Kardashians entirely, but they're sort of symbolic of, of our obsession with celebrity. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we're, I, you know, I, I don't know how you feel. I, Joe, Joe, Joe Biden seems like a decent man. And I, it feels like a holding pattern a little bit. And it feels like the Democratic Party certainly doesn't know where it's going. The Republicans, oh, my God, where are they going? But um, I, would, I would personally hope to see some form of, of economic populism that could hump, help uh, 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 sort of focus our attentions on the excesses of the rich, rich. Um, the oligarchy culture and the inequality. I think that would be healthy for the country going forward. Thanks again for visiting with Gregory Rodriguez and Mike Madrid on this episode of Americanata. If you've enjoyed the discussion, please help us out, share, review, and give us five stars. We'll talk to you next episode.